Welcome to the Big Mouth Pharmacist Podcast. I'm Neil. I'm the Big Mouth Pharmacist. I'm a pretty sarcastic, slightly unprofessional healthcare professional, a holistic pharmacist here to talk about everything wellness, weed, and Woodstock. We broadcast from the most famous small town in America, where I hold court as the town's family pharmacist who tries to get people off their medicines and onto a wellness program free of the BS and misinformation of the natural products industry. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Neil Smoller, holistic pharmacist and owner of Woodstock Vitamins. Here today in studio with our producer, Dana. Say hi, Dana. Hi. Uh, Dana, I just want to let you know I'm flattered. Are you? I am because I've been checking out our reviews. Occasionally I go and, and like look around and there's like real authentic reviews left by our listeners on iTunes. And it's like consumers, but also like other healthcare professionals. That's awesome. They, they love the show. That's great. So I, I would just encourage anybody listening, help me with my ego problems. Say something nice on there. Please don't put negative stuff. I'm very fragile. So he is. Um, all right. So. You know, you're pretty smart. You know that, Dana? I did. <laughs> so you said to me that this is a podcast, you're a supplement expert, but we're not really touching much on supplements anymore. Like we're talking about health conditions and stuff. That's true, which I think is interesting, but you are a supplement expert. That's like your thing. So let's right. so, get into it. Yeah. I mean, I, we kind of are We're in a roundabout way talking about supplements a bunch, but I think we should dedicate some specific shows just to talking about specific supplements and going like in depth for people on the supplements themselves. So, uh, you know, if I can find an expert to chat about it, then that's great. But otherwise I'm not going to sweat it. So today I wanted to talk about collagen. Ooh, it's a very, very trendy supplement for sure. So that's true. Um, I've seen it on the shelves downstairs. It is a fast mover for sure. And I've made it a vital five nutrient. So when we discuss what are the most important supplements people can take, I always said protein, but now I'm saying collagen. So, well, okay. So, what exactly is collagen? Let's start with that. Well, it is a protein. That's a great question. What is collagen? Because it's everywhere. Collagen is a protein. And if you think about it like this, it's um, the most abundant protein in our body. Basically, our body's made of collagen. It's like a third collagen. It's it's a fibrous protein compared to other proteins, which are kind of I I would say like. Collagen is a baseball bat and other proteins are a ball. That's like their chemical, their physical structures. That's what they look like in 3D space. So collagen's these long fibers and they make up all the structures of our cells. And so it's in connective tissues, uh, joints, and uh, your gastric lining, your cells, uh, your vasculature. That's what gives everything structure. Your bones are made of collagen. That's crazy um, that it, it's only now gaining popularity. Yeah, I don't. I'm, well, I don't know how these trends work. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it is gaining popularity, and I've been sitting it out on the sidelines. And it reminds me of my favorite comedian, Bill Burr. He was talking about hair plugs, and like in the commercials, like, oh, you know, I should have done this ten years ago. And he's like, no, you don't. You you want to wait because ten years ago, it looks like they were stapling ant legs to people's heads. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and and so like now they've worked out all the kinks. So like. With trends and supplements, especially, we always want to sit on the sidelines, let everybody rub the charcoal toothpaste against their their teeth, and and watch their teeth erode, and then find out if it's safe or not. You know, we want to let those like sacrificial lambs go through. So with collagen, I actually find that it is a, a really great idea for people to um, to get involved in, um, primarily because. We don't eat a lot of collagen-rich foods anymore. So actually, I feel collagen solves two problems for people. The first one being we don't eat enough protein. So Americans in general eat tons of protein, but 
individually, anybody I've counseled, um, it's probably like 90% of the people don't eat nearly enough dietary protein. They're normally short by like 20%. That's really surprising. It is. And if you ever want to figure out like what your magic number is for protein, um, so the range is 0.8 to 1.2 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. So of course, we're the only country that doesn't use the metric system, besides some other third world country out there, I'm sure. But to find out how much you weigh in kilograms, take your weight in pounds and divide it by 2.2. That'll get you the weight in kilograms. And then you multiply it by, you know, either 0.8 to 1.2 and that blah, 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 blah. That's what your number is. But I tell people, just do one. So one gram of protein for every kilogram of body weight. That's a good, normal place for most people to be. And then do the math. Go to the Google machine, start typing in some of the proteins you eat over the last 24 hours and figure out exactly how much you get. And if you're deficient, you need more protein. I would prefer you to eat it, but some people will use protein supplementation. Um, that being said, we really don't eat enough collagen-rich protein sources. How do you define that? Well, you know, how is it different than just cooking up a chicken breast? Well, a chicken breast will be rich in proteins, but it won't be rich in collagen. Uh, collagen is only found, like we said, in connective tissue and stuff like that. So you're not eating chicken joints, chicken, like oh, the little combs no. that are on this head. Like that's where collagen comes from. The bones. So, and this is where a lot of people get into collagen was bone broth. That was the newest, biggest trend that came out. It's yes. like, oh, let's do bone broth. And everybody um, remembered the days of yore where they would take chickens and they throw them into a stew all over the day and then they would eat that and it's a rich protein source and it's got lots of vitamins and such and it's just so happens the protein that's found in there is the collagen because it's coming out from the bones and such um so i believe that again there's two reasons why collagen is a really good kind of thing to get involved in the first being it's a great protein source we don't get enough protein and the second being that we don't eat enough collagen rich protein specifically Okay, so I've seen bone broth like on the shelves, you know, in boxes and stuff. Do you think it's better to like buy that stuff or is there a cheap way to make it yourself? I would, yeah, no. So most bone broth supplements are garbage. In fact, one of our first popular articles was calling out bone broth supplements that are out there. So think about what a bone broth powder is. So you make a soup and then you dehydrate it and you're left with a bunch of powder. Right. So there's a million things that can go wrong the, from the quality of the chicken that goes in there to the fact that it's probably not even really bone broth. But one of the big things is that, you know, it's, it's been so hyper processed that anything that was healthy in there is now gone. So I always tell people make your own bone broth if you can. And this is, goes with everything. Like there, we, we don't talk about the vital five supplements. We talk about the vital five nutrients. So bone broth, it's better to eat. So if, if you can incorporate on a regular basis daily, if you could, uh, a homemade bone broth that's done right. And we've got a recipe on our website and there's recipes everywhere with bone broth. You, that would be ideal. Um, the second best thing is to go to like uh, a meat market, right? And they probably make bone broth all over the place. Oh. There's two other brands that I'm okay with from a supplementation standpoint. So one of them is uh, Epic. And that brand sells liquid bone broth and they have a really great process for making it. But then the problem is the shipping. So you're shipping liquid hot magma oh, God, <laughs> across yeah. the country. That's like turkey juice. And uh, it's a, you know, it's, and then you have to like heat it up and it's a, it's a weird process. So then to counter that there is vital proteins, bone broth. I'll, I'll say that they're still good, you know, um, from a quality standpoint, they seem to be blowing up. And what happens when supplement companies blow up, they start, sucking at quality control. So they're still good right now, but, uh, you know, always take my advice with a grain of salt that it's not universal because the supplement 
industry shows that after success comes crappier products. Always. So, um, you know what I'm realizing? What's up? Is that pho, which is a Vietnamese soup. Yes. Uh, that comes with, um, uh, tendons. You can order that also, yes. mm-hmm. which I usually do because it's kind of like a you know a savory gummy bear. Mm-hmm. I didn't even realize it was good for me. But if you, you if you've never had pho, try it out. Get the beef one with the tendons. It's fantastic for sure. <laughs> yeah, oh, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> but if you if you made pho yourself, go pho yourself. No. Um. Yeah. Sure. That's still <laughs> that's still G rated. That's G rated. We can keep it on iTunes with that one. So yeah. So the bone broth and one of the things I always like to clarify is like, so what's the connection between bone broth and collagen and even gelatin, which comes up in this this whole circle? So we don't eat collagen rich foods. Bone broth is a naturally occurring collagen rich food. It's pulling out the collagen from the bones and the tendons that's you know being kind of cooked, right? Um, so bone broth contains collagen. So the collagen fibers, the long ones, um, get broken down by the water into what's called collagen peptides. So they're fragments of this long stick. And the fragments are what we would then take in and we would be able to digest and such. If those fragments stay in the water long enough, they get turned into gelatin, which is like a collagen peptide that's just a little bit stickier, as we know, gelatin, jello, all mm. of that stuff. Um, so collagen and gelatin are components of or found in bone broth. So the question is, is what is better for me? Is it better for me to get bone broth or is it better for me to get a collagen supplement? And my answer is it's always better for you to eat the food. So if you can incorporate bone broth into your diet, that's a natural source of collagen. If you can't commit to that, using a collagen supplement is wiser because the other stuff you would find in a bone broth supplement is it's kind of like minimal. It's not you're not getting a lot of extra stuff. You might get some extra vitamins, you might get some gelatin, but it's better to get just a concentrated collagen supplement if you're looking to supplement collagen and you can't get it through your diet. The other source of, I want to just say one thing before you interrupt me, for <laughs> God's sake. So um, <laughs> the the other source of collagen would be organ meats. Oh. So if you eat liver and thymus and all that gross stuff, we did. We went to Costa Rica and we got like this meat buffet thing mm. and they just start throwing organ meats into it because that's a thing there, I right. guess. And man, no. I mean, it tasted great, <laughs> but I could not commit to doing it on a regular basis. Yeah, liver is a weird it's it's like kind of like steak, but a little bit mealy. Um, but I was curious, you know, vegetarians, is there a way for them to get collagen? There is not. Oh. There is not, no. And the industry, of course, is good at producing gimmicks. So collagen is a trend. The, the thing to understand is that collagen only comes from animal sources. There is no such thing as a vegan or vegetarian collagen supplement. What they'll do or say is that... Um, if you take vitamins that helps your body produce collagen, it's like a collagen booster or a collagen equivalent. And that's a lie. You know, eating vitamin C, which helps collagen production, isn't the same as eating collagen. So unfortunately, there is no vegan vegetarian option here. And if you look at those supplements, what those things really are, they're the farthest from collagen. In fact, they're not proteins. They're normally like vitamins and such, which Mm -hmm. we already have ample of because we get plenty of vitamins in our diets. So no. Well, that's a bummer. Um, But so for those of us who are going to eat Mm -hmm. collagen, um, 
You said that it, you know, it, it comes from bones and joints. Is it safe to assume that it's good for our bones and joints? Is that why we're eating it? There are a bunch of claims for what collagen can do for us. And I just like to remind people that collagen is a protein supplement first and foremost. Okay. Collagen is not a complete protein, which means it doesn't have all the amino acids that our body requires to get from outside from our diet. That's not as big of a deal as it was in the past. We used to think that if we didn't get all of those amino acids at one time, then we weren't getting the full nutrition. But as long as we get all of those amino acids in the day, it's fine. So the idea of collagen being the only protein you eat, that would be a bad thing because you're not getting all the amino acids. Okay. So that's the first thing. So it's a, it's a incomplete, but nutrient dense protein supplement. That's what it's good for. That's all I'm really claiming here. People will use it for joint health. You use it for hair, skin, and nail health. Um, one of the things I have seen it benefit, um, people is gut health, which is really interesting. Uh-huh. And here's my theory on this. So when we talk about what protein is. So like when we ingest protein, we take the protein globules that have been modified by cooking. So they're already kind of like turned from balls or bats to smaller fragments. We then absorb those really, really well. We absorb those into the blood. That's how we've been evolved. You know, we've evolved into being able to absorb those very quickly and that our body breaks them all up, chops them up into little pieces and then stores them in a warehouse right? The amino acids are the building blocks of these things. Then as our body needs, it takes those amino acids and rebuilds collagen and such. So I don't believe that taking collagen will improve your, um, your production of, I don't believe that collagen will improve your production of joint tissue and such any more than just making sure that you get a really good complex diet with lots of protein in it. I don't think it's going to give you that advantage. There are little bits of data showing. So if you are an athlete and you use collagen daily, you're going to have less joint pain after you work out, which is cool. That's like, oh, saying, oh, that helps out a little bit for joint health, right? Um, So that's promising. And that's why we recommend it for people with joint health. But I think that with the gut health stuff, it's that those collagen peptides are first obviously taken up by the gut cells themselves. And since collagen is used to create structure, I believe that the collagen peptides are then being incorporated into the gut lining cells and then helping them rebuild that lining and reduce the inflammation there, Mm. which is why we're hearing so much feedback saying, I couldn't digest things. I had diarrhea, constipation, whatever the issue was. And then they started ingesting collagen and things got regular for them. Yeah. So like my wife's family is DEFCON 5. If they get a little stressed out, they have uh, very bad stomachs when it comes to stress. And um, I have, you know, a couple anecdotes. My wife takes collagen every day and her sister does the same, my sister-in-law. And both of them have reported dramatic gut changes um, in their situation where probiotics didn't even help. Like probiotics helped them, but not as much as this collagen did. And so So in patients that are undergoing chemotherapy or radiation where their guts are really inflamed, I'll normally recommend gelatin is a little bit gentler and more targeted to the gut cells Mm -hmm. or collagen for them on a regular basis to help out with that gut support. Wow, that's like really interesting. It's really cool. And so that's where I kind of lean. Uh, And yeah, so collagen can help out with hair, skin and nails. uh, You know, that's what our hair, skin and nails are made of. But I think it's more because it's, it's a a rich protein source. That's why it's helping people. It's not because it's collagen. Like if they just increase their protein, they probably would get those same results. That's just me spitballing though. Okay. Well, something just came to mind since you mentioned uh, cancer patients. Mm -hmm. 
is if they're not making their own bone broth, um, what is the risk of buying broth that the animals have been fed, like antibiotics or stuff like that? Well, yeah, I mean, that's that speaks to the whole quality issues around collagen supplementation. The it's It's just like anything, right? So chicken technically is the same from quick check the grocery the the gas station as it is from the farm where they're massaging the chicken's feet every day and right. feeding them you know the highest grade foods so there's a big difference there there's a big difference in the quality of the and the grade of the nutrition so the same thing with the supplementation so we can use gross sick uh you know grain uh, fed cows to make this collagen supplement, or we can treat the cows humanely, which is a big ethical thing, but then also we'll produce a more nutritious, less contaminated uh, potential end product, you know? Okay. So, you know, we can certainly talk about quality at whatever point, but that's how we have to think about this is that when we're using an animal-based product, we have to think about the ethics, how is the animal treated, but then we have to think about what was the animal exposed to and what's the likelihood that that would be present in our supplement. And the truth is, is that a company has to voluntarily test for these things so they can say that they're doing it, but they actually have to follow through and spend the money on it. Mm. Uh, and they have to do it every single lot to really guarantee that this is happening. It's expensive. People won't do it. The analytics, the cost of that uh, is high. It's difficult to kind of pinpoint these weird things. So, um, so again, from a supplement quality standpoint, you have to use a, a company that's transparent, somebody that's, um, doing all of this thorough testing or at least knows of the thorough testing and is proving it and kind of putting it out there. Okay. So if we're getting this from cows, mm -hmm. are we, where, where is this coming from? Is well, it the just cows bones? are actually the ones working in the factories. They're the, they're the <laughs> ones that are doing all the work to make collagen molecules. They're like Santa's helpers. They just put the iPads together now and, and send it to us. <laughs> That's me being sarcastic. <laughs> You can laugh. It's fine. I, I was picturing it like Family Guy animation style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Um, speaking of which, Family Guy did a Beavis and Butthead tribute this I past week. I saw that, week. yeah. The, the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, oh, I, so good. I, I have it on my phone and everything. But anyway, um, non-Family Guy related conversation here. So collagen comes from, again, um, you know, joints and uh connective tissue, muscle, skin. So when cows are the source, it's typically their hides. Ah. So it's the outer layer. So the rest of their stuff is getting sold off for meat and, and such, but their hides are the ones that are being used for that. And then like, if, if you're talking about fish, it'll be the bones, right? Because they're mostly soft, you know, connective right, tissue. Right. Um, and the cartilage um, of chickens. So the combs and all of that stuff. So if you think about it, Cows are going to be cheaper because there's so much more hide than there is with like fish and like you have to clean the whole thing out. So fish and chicken are going to be lower yield. So they're going to be higher cost per gram and okay. cows are going to be higher yield and lower cost. So within the, within the collagen industry, just because everything's so screwed up, um, something will be advertised as being fish or chicken, but it'd actually be like diluted with cow. Because it's because oh it's cheaper to get the cow stuff, so they can just label it fish. And then the same thing um, when it comes to um, type one versus type two, type three versus type three collagen. So mm -hmm. that a lot of people are like, oh, what's the difference? Well, there's really no difference. Collagen's collagen, and you know, and I say that 
generally because there's no difference in the products that you're buying. Right. The collagen type one is the most abundant. That's the one that's found everywhere. Type three is normally stuck with that. And it's a small amount. And type two is the stuff that's found in all those weird places versus like found like in the joints and such. Okay. So sometimes you'll see a collagen type two supplement in a pill form. Right. And it'll be a much lower amount. Like with a powder, you have to get like grams, 20 grams to get a, a good yield of collagen. And um, with the type two, you can use a lot less to have the same kind of effect. Uh, but the problem is, is that most type two that people buy are, is diluted with type one. So mm. <laughs> it's just like a, another like gotcha moment from the supplement industry. In case I mean, what are we doing here? We're, we're just, doing is we we're just, just be honest. We can't. Let's be honest. That's what I've been saying for years, but we can't. Aye, aye. So that's what makes us able to run our mouths for a while. You know, like okay. it gives, it gives us a competitive advantage that we're not jerks, you know? So the, um, uh, did I answer your question? Yeah. So it comes from the yeah, cow's hide. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So, I mean, is there anything, I mean, to, to that end about like diluting it and stuff like that, is there anything synthetic that they add to it? Um, no. So when it comes to collagen, we'll, so we'll speak to the quality and then the adulteration. So, so adulteration means that we're modifying it to make it look like it's legitimate, but it's not, or we're adding in things that shouldn't be there that aren't on the label, all of that stuff. Right. So the adulteration risks are saying, okay, it's type one collagen, but there's that or type two collagen. There's actually type one in there or saying it's fish and it's actually cows, that kind of stuff. The other thing that they do is that they'll just throw in regular protein. So instead of it being collagen at all, it'll just be some crappy whey protein. That's, horrible. Now that, <laughs> that comes with a ton of liability in and of itself because proteins are one of the worst supplements, like from an adulteration contamination standpoint, all of the sports related supplements are, are protein based. And that, that is the biggest category next to herbs that, um, has garbage found in it. So sports supplements and herbs, those are the two big ones, right? So, and protein is a, a leader of that. So those proteins, like they've been found to have melamine, right? A plastic type thing in there, um, heavy metals and the, you know, spiked with synthetic anabolic steroids and things like that. So, so just the act, so your collagen might be fine, but it's, if they dilute it with garbage protein, then you're, you're at a risk. And so here's the real big thing is that the tests for collagen are nonspecific. So there isn't a test that I can do that can say, this is definitely beef type one collagen, like it says, right? What they're testing is just their general protein concentration. And they're just kind of taking their word that it's a collagen source. So there's no way for a third party to come in and say, this is definitely type one collagen. I mean, unless something's changed recently, but I I was reading a a couple papers on it. And it seems like the most recent thing is that they're saying, hey, we need better testing methods because as this is a rising star of, you know, of a supplement, we're going to have lots more adulteration to try to lower the costs or improve the margins. So there isn't really a good test that says, well, this is type one versus type three. And here's another little added kind of uh, bit to it. So I liken collagen supplements to uh, taking one of those light bulbs that are like in commercial places, you know, those mm. long ones, the tubes mm-hmm. and hitting it with a hammer. Okay. You're not going to have equal pieces. Right. Mm-hmm. So you'll have some big, some small, right. Some that are still kind of connected together. And that's what collagen peptides are that, you know, there's no standardization saying, okay, well we have the, you know, a 300 molecular weight collagen peptide or whatever the number would be, because that's the optimal absorption collagen peptide. 
Okay. You know, so it's like another nerdy science layer. But in <laughs> in in my eyes, I don't think it really matters. But in the future, we might see that where it matters, where it's like, oh, only these types of collagen peptides actually matter. So the the testing doesn't tell us anything about it, what size or shape or anything the collagen peptides are. So we're, we're just it's just kind of like throwing spaghetti against the wall and hoping it'll stick. And that's why I say don't look at this for anything except for the idea that this is a great protein supplement. Okay. Maybe I just spaced out. Yeah, probably. I mean, that's what happens when I talk. (laughs) You just started using another word, peptides. Yes. Can you define that? Yeah. So collagen, uh, yeah, I probably should have said this at the beginning of the episode, (laughs) right? So collagen is the baseball bat. Yes. When you break it up with water, it becomes a collagen peptide, which is just like a smaller fragment. Okay. Okay. And then if that you, makes the light analogy make so much makes more sense. Makes so much more sense, right? So it's the smaller fragments. And then again, if you expose the collagen peptides to extra water or temperature, they'll turn into gooey gelatin. Gotcha. That's how the relationship works. So bone broth is the soup, collagen is the protein, and gelatin is the extra processed version of it. Cool. Okay. Okay. So from a yeah, so from a, uh, a an adulteration standpoint, you have to worry about dilution with lower cost, lower quality substances, in particular proteins, which then opens up a whole can of worms to all of the potential contaminants. And then the second thing that we have to worry about is uh, heavy metals mm. because that finds its way into the protein stream. It seems. And again, these are cows are eating stuff that's in the ground, and we have acid rain, so you know there's like heavy metals everywhere. So. You'll find lead, you'll find arsenic, you'll find mercury in many of our supplements, many of our foods, you know, it's there. So we want to make sure that the amounts that are there are naturally occurring and low and not high because if you're dirty, you could, so we heard a story about why do heavy metals get into the herbs that are shipped from China? Well, is it the quality of the soil or is it the fact that they need to flatten the thing so they can ship more so they drive over them with their leaded gasoline cars? Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's a big difference. So you can use gross machinery and then all the metals are kind of falling into it. Um, so there's a risk for heavy metal contamination with any protein or any botanical technically. Um, uh, so, and again, the quality of the soil that the cow is eating from will kind of come into this. And that leads me to another point, which is Prop 65. I don't know if you know this, but I have a a world famous article on the web about Prop 65. I just found out this morning. I was like Googling Prop 65 just to, you know, refresh myself. And my article came up fourth. That's crazy. That is pretty crazy. Yeah. And so thank you. Yeah. So Prop 65, we've got an article about it, talks about the ins and outs. Essentially, it's a law in California that states that they want transparency. They want people to know that if you take this, it has in it potentially heavy metals or something that could be carcinogenic or it could uh, affect reproduction. It could do all, all sorts of horrible things, which is great. But the problem is, is that they set their standards way, way low, like impossibly low. You can't even uh, comply with it in most situations because of the naturally occurring amounts. Oh. And national and global organizations have levels that are very, very aggressive, but they're much higher than what's in Prop 65. So what ends up happening in California is everything's labeled that it it's potentially prop 65. You walk into a McDonald's, it's got a sign prop 65 warning. You can, you can get cancer from coming in here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so, which is, you know, twofold. Right. Yes. Yes. The food yes and, and, yes. and, and the, and the heavy metals. But so it's, it's very complicated, um, to, to understand, Hey, our stuff will have these heavy metals in it because people are like, I don't want heavy metals at all. That's not possible. And if a brand is telling you that, um, it's rare, Uh, there's certain situations of course, where we can pull out heavy metals, but in most situations you'll have some amount in everything that you ingest. So we need to minimize it. 
And um, so Prop 65 is good because it encourages transparency, but it doesn't say that it has to. Re- you have to report how much per serving you're getting so that way you can make more informed decisions. So then there's just this warning everywhere. So then the warnings no, might as well just be nowhere because right. who's going to pay attention to that garbage, right? So our label shows, hey, this is, this is uh, potentially carcinogenic because it has lead. Right. <laughs> and so our lead numbers are very low. It's like a, a microgram or less per serving or something like that. Um, but there was a leading national brand that was not complying with Prop 65 labeling because they didn't want people to not buy their product. Mm-hmm. And there are uh, warning letters online to that national brand um, saying you have to comply with this. Otherwise, we're going to like come down on you with uh, more than just a ruler. So uh, it's pretty interesting that some brands, what they'll do is they'll make labels for California only. And, and and everybody's sick Hard. of everybody's sick of seeing it in California. And then there are brands uh, uh, that will make labels for the rest of their country, rest of the country. So I think that's deceptive. So we and we don't rarely sell anything in California at this point, but we put the Prop 65 label on there just to be transparent. So you will find heavy metals in collagen supplements just as a fact that it's naturally occurring, but then there's some gross companies that have high levels of it. So you have to be aware and should ask. And I'm hoping very shortly that that'll be the real bridge for us is like putting our supplements out there saying these are good supplements because of all these reasons. But then here's the proof, you know, um, uh, it's just about navigating that legal kind of space to make sure that we're not then claiming something. And then there's all sorts of weird stuff going on. So we want to be transparent, but it's just like, we have to figure out how to be transparent without getting arrested or whatever happens. (laughs) I don't know tased i don't know the whatever happens at popeyes i'm sure that happens you know like the <laughs> like we just get beat down by like a tray or something like that you know this whole time i forgot there was a popeyes in kingston i wonder if they have the last of the chicken sandwiches they might <laughs> I, I have a friend that went there i'm like where would you go to popeyes and uh it's crazy that the chicken sandwiches make such a big deal uh you know not related to collagen at all but i think <laughs> that um we get a little crazy about these trends. Yeah. Like yeah. I never remember though, the McRib causing such a stir like I Mc, know. because there's never a supply issue. I don't think probably I yeah. don't know. the McRib is pretty gross. I, they shape like ribs, but there's no bones in them. So what the heck are you doing? You know, uh, whatever. Well, you know what? Maybe if you boil down a McRib, like it's turn a, that into broth. <laughs> I mean, it's gotta be <laughs> meat of some type, right? Uh, I'm well, never maybe. eating anything you cook. If you're going to make McRib bone broth, <laughs> faux bone broth. Um, so contaminants, we were talking about the heavy metals. We were talking about the adulteration. Oh, uh, so then, all right. So then let's go back to the idea that antibiotics, cause that's a great point. Yes. So you have cows that get sick. And so more to the ethics of the whole thing, if we're treating or if we're using animals as a raw material source, which is the reality here, um, we don't want to be jerks to the animals. So we don't, um, need to like necessarily pamper them, but we need to make sure that we're treating them well. So whenever we use bovine raw materials or look for manufacturers use bovine raw materials, we don't look to America. And the reason is, is because America sucks at treating animals. Well, we're always ranked really low in like humane farming techniques. So other countries, Australia, New Zealand, Brazil, those are great places for uh, uh, cow related products. Um, The group that we use for the collagen formula that we have, it's like two and a half acres per cow. Oh. of grass, beautiful, healthy grass that they can eat. Um, and they, that country has a ban against hormones. So you don't have to worry about that making its way. Cause imagine you're taking, um, you know, whatever whey protein and there's growth hormone in the stuff. Uh-huh. Right. Um, so we have to worry about all of that stuff. The other thing is, um, 
you have to worry about the antibiotics that are potentially used. Now, again, if they're treated correctly, they're not standing on each other in their own filth. You have less antibiotics to use, but there is a risk that there will be some antibiotics in the supply chain. So they have to test for those things. Um, There's a specific one that could be a kidney contaminant that's checked for pretty regularly with ours. And so, you know, what we have to remember is that a lot of these supplement companies aren't set up on the corner of the dairy farm. You know, they're not set up right next to whoever is making the raw material for them. They're normally thousands of miles away and they're not, again, if you know, we think that herbal companies, they're getting like these beautiful plants and then there's like a bunch of hippies grinding them up in mortar and pestles to turn them into the supplements that you're using. And that's not what's happening at all. They're getting drums of powder. And my favorite analogy is the cookie analogy. Imagine if you wanted to make cookies, you would go to a reputable supplier, a grocery store, Mm -hmm. uh, not some shanty, right? And you would get Domino brand sugar, which is a known, tested, proven, safe brand of sugar. Yes. What if I needed sugar and I went to the Woodstock Green, the center of town here, and, you know, Grandpa Woodstock is standing with a bag that is paper bag and it's labeled sugar and inside of it is a white crystalline powder. I would rub it on my gums first to test it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but exactly the point. How do we know that it's sugar, even though it's white crystalline powder? And how do we know it's only sugar? So when you get these big drums of collagen powder, how do we know it's just collagen and nothing else? So we have to put it through extensive testing in order to make sure that it is what it says it is. Because in this country, raw material suppliers aren't held to the same standards that manufacturers are. So if the company is going to invest the money, that's one thing. If they're going to just take the company's you know, raw material supplier's word for it, that's a real big problem because they're mm-hmm. supposed to validate and verify. And then what if it rejects? What if there's a, like a little bit higher lead content, right? And you just mm-hmm. spent $50,000 on raw material that you can't get your money back for. Mm-hmm. So how many people are going to do the right thing? And it's very rare that yeah. that um, people would do the right thing. So um, so it's it's really difficult. And it's, you know, to understand again, how do we make sure that it's only what we want it to be? So we have to make sure that all steps in the chain is being done by people with some integrity. And that's why integrity farms. So it, ma- it matters <laughs> that we have raw material suppliers that are treating their animals correctly and then processing it correctly and then shipping it correctly. And then the, and the new company is looking at it, testing and being transparent and all of that great stuff. And everything lines up and everybody's not lying. That's what we're looking for. How does a consumer figure that out? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what I was going to ask you. Yeah, they don't. They don't because I can't figure it out. I'm, I just like playing whack-a-mole. The American Botanical Council, the, the, the leading nonprofit group that looks at the, the herbal industry, they can't figure it out. We were talking about the essential oils. Mm-hmm. There's adulteration going on left and right. And, and so there's a few good players that are trying to do everything correctly, but then there's a lot of issue. And, so, and even then, we, we can't stay on top of it. It's like whack-a-mole. So the only solution is, is enough of us hear me rambling enough to, and ranting to, to actually do something, to start pushing back and saying, okay, we need changes to these rules and we need some transparency. We should be demanding the actual third-party analytics that go with every single lot of every single supplement every time we buy them, like a certificate of authenticity. Um, and that would be one start, you know, and then we would teach people how to like read these things because it's a shame, you know, that we have this great risk. I, again, I did a lecture recently to a support group for uh, cancer patients and imagine taking supplements, reading that lion's mane is going to be great for your brain, but it has hexane as a carcinogen in there. Mm. That would probably make you a little upset, right? A little bit. And there's a lot of people that are ingesting these things without any 
thought to that. And so it's about really kind of thinking through all of this. But, you know, let's not be negative Neely's for the whole time. <laughs> Collagen, when done right, is a great thing. It's a, it's a good supplement um, from the idea that you can take it and there will be advantages because we don't get enough protein. If you get enough protein, you can certainly add it because you're probably not getting enough collagen-rich protein in your diet. It's unique amino acid blend gives it it's that unique structure, which makes it more of a baseball bat. We don't get exposed to a lot of that. It has great impact on our gut health, as I've seen uh, anecdotally. And then the potential for joint health is there. You know, uh, again, the uh, NCAA is the one who has some data about athletes using it and having less joint pain. That's great. That's a good little study. Totally. So, uh, so there's a lot of really good things that can come out of it. So the question being, you know, does the marketing match the product? That's what we need to make sure of. And the only way you can do that is to be more prepared as a consumer to hear all of this stuff and say, okay, these are the questions I need to be asking. Totally. So did I answer all of your collagen related questions? You did. Okay. Are you going to start using collagen? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I used it a little bit, um, mm-hmm. But I'm going to try out your brand because, you know, I know you go through all this research and it's I trust it better. Pretty stupid, right? Um, I spent all my time on all this stuff. So the <laughs> um, the thing I'll say is we're going to be releasing a collagen cookbook because Mrs. Oh. Big Mouth Pharmacist makes a collagen smoothie every day and it's always something different. I'm like, you should just write these recipes down because she just did one with turmeric and it was like yellow. And then she does like this berry one with the currants from Greg Quinn. He sent nice. me all the currants. And, uh, and so it's, it's great. So we have a bunch of recipes coming through that we'll be able to get to people. So we'll, we'll put it on the, in the show notes. And then as soon as we get it, then you can, you can download one. But yeah, yeah. I'm all about that. Yeah. I mean, and the nice thing is collagen should be a very neutral flavor. So you can mix it with practically anything throw it in your coffee with a little bit of coconut oil and then you've got yourself a well-balanced snack (laughs) (laughs) because of the protein and the fat that's actually really good you take it with a little bit of a berry and you've got a uh you got your coffee you got your caffeine i'm i'm caffeinated now Uh, i started drinking (laughs) coffee i'm a little hyped up and um and so it's a good little snack so it mixes really well i I think it's a it's a something that people should be looking at but before we started before we close for the the session Mm -hmm. I want to finish up what you were talking about with your deodorant. Oh, yeah. So this is not collagen related at all. Mm -hmm. But for me personally, I am forever on the hunt for natural deodorant. Mm -hmm. I did use the liquid rock deodorant for like 10 years. And then I started having an allergic reaction to it, which a lot of women are finding is typical. I don't know about guys. It's always women leaving comments. But so many of the natural deodorants, and this is just to, in case people don't know the difference, antiperspirant and deodorant are two different things. Antiperspirant stops you from sweating. Mm-hmm. And, and they're normally aluminum-based or yes, some exactly. sort of heavy metal. Mm-hmm. And deodorant just sort of masks the scent, but you still sweat. Mm-hmm. And pretty much all of the women in my family have had breast cancer, so I'm always trying to, you know, just Minim- avoid that. Yep. And when I became allergic to the liquid rock deodorant, I just kind of went back to aluminum antiperspirant. And the formulas that they have now are like 48 hours. And so I was like, well, this is lesser of two evils because I only really had to put it on twice a week and that was that. But I just started noticing that formulas have changed. So rather than using talc, which has now, you know, evidence has, or rather research has come out showing that it's carcinogenic and there's a huge lawsuit against Johnson and Johnson. Um, I think probably only when you inhale it though, let's be fair, like talc and that stuff. 
I'm sure that's what'll come out of it, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, I just, like I said, just trying to minimize risk because it's very likely that I will eventually have to deal with breast cancer, but I didn't want talc in my deodorant and I didn't really want the aluminum based antiperspirant. Everything else was making me allergic, but I just found one that has activated charcoal as the absorption element to it, as the absorbing element. And after... Oh shoot! I'm I I forgot the doctor's name, but the guy we had on last week yes. was the uh, dental Dr. surgeon, Doctor Brooks. So Brooks mm-hmm. Yes, uh, apologies, Doctor Brooks. Mm-hmm. So he was talking about all the possible carcinogens from you know aside from just being abrasive. You're now applying potential carcinogens to your soft tissue, yeah. and so I was wondering if that is a problem in your deodorant. Also, of course, yeah. I mean, uh, activated charcoal is a very effective absorbing agent because of the surface area. It makes like this really nice molecular sponge and stuff gets sucked in there. And so it makes sense that somebody would say, oh, let's throw some activated charcoal in your deodorant because then it'll suck in some of those quote unquote toxins that we're always afraid of, right? Yes. But it goes the opposite way too. So what else is in there? So what what other things got sucked into that matrix that could be you could be exposing yourself to now? You know, that and the idea that it's probably not going to really do anything for your skin versus just like any other powder or clay. So you're telling me that you don't want an uh, antiperspirant, but you're looking for an antiperspirant, right? That's what you're saying? Looking for a deodorant. Looking for a deodorant. So then why? And so like you've tried any of those other natural ones that are non? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's... Mm-hmm. I. I guess I left that out of my 15 minute rant yeah. is that uh, I get chapped skin, like all of the other yeah, natural I get that with deodorants. Old Spice. Oh, I wear yeah. Old Spice like I'm 14. Well, I've, mm-hmm. I've always been allergic to gel deodorants mm-hmm. and that's what all of the new, you know, quote unquote natural deodorants are is they're always gel based. And yeah. so it, it's literally five days, everything mm-hmm. will be fine. And then day five, my skin will be like chapped and red and irritated mm-hmm. and I can't put anything under my arms. Yeah. So that's why I was, you know, I'm always trying these new deodorants to see if any of them work. And what I keep coming back to is that I'll probably just end up sticking with the Dove unscented 48-hour aluminum-based antiperspirant that I only have to apply twice a week because it still seems like the lesser of two evils. Yeah, I don't have a good strategy. I, I think that skin is so tough, and I think trying to avoid the antiperspirant is difficult, but there's lots of options. I think like a rotating schedule might be good with a couple of days off. You know, this flock of hair here, mm-hmm. this, you know, this great uh, quaffed uh, <laughs> mane. mane sitting on top of my head on Saturday and Sunday, I don't put anything in it, mm-hmm. you know, and I think having a holiday from whatever chemicals or compounds that you're putting on your body is a smart idea. So if you can stink, just stink and um, and then give yourself some time off. And, you know, the other thing that can cause that it's it's like an over moisturization. It's kind of like you know, your legs get chapped at the beach, mm-hmm. right? Because of the, the skin rubbing against each other. So using like a barrier cream, uh, this is weird, but zinc oxide, I know we're trying to avoid heavy metals, but mm-hmm. zinc oxide doesn't have that same connection. So um, using like diaper rash cream under your armpits, you know, mm. or even something simpler like uh, an ointment base. An ointment base will create a barrier and then keep moisture in. Um, and that may help out with that irritation. So well, that's, um, that's the yeah. ironic thing is the antiperspirant doesn't bother my skin at all. Yeah. I'm simply afraid of blocking up the sweat glands. Right. But the quote unquote natural deodorants do bother my underarms until I just started using this one. It's been two weeks. It's 
and activated charcoal is in it. And I got samples and I was all set to buy the full size thing. And then I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Activated charcoal. <laughs> yes, exactly. Dr. Brooks said mm-hmm. that there's carcinogens. You definitely shouldn't use it in your mouth. Mm-hmm. And granted, the pores in your armpits aren't exactly the soft tissue like your gums are, but mm-hmm. still, can it can it infiltrate your pores yeah. and also become a carcinogen? Yeah, and the more pores, the worse off you are. You yeah. know? So I would say... Get a rotating schedule is probably the best bet. And then just take good care of the skin that is your arms by, you know, moisturizing and and keeping it dry as best as you can. Um, Adult diapers cut to fit under your armpit might be an option too. That's a great idea. You know, um, we had a dog that pooped in the frat house and we had to put adult diapers on it, cut (laughs) cut to fit. Not that you're pooping, but that that would be my thought. Also fit snugly under my arms. Is uh, just you know, rotate the schedule, try to minimize your exposure to it. And yeah, that's it. I would stay far away from the activated charcoal thing, because again, they're not going to be making it correctly. They're just going to be getting some cheap bootleg charcoal from wherever. So who knows what's in the stupid stuff and it's not really going to do anything for you. You know, it smells so good though. Damn it. This is so disappointing. (laughs) I use it. I don't care. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you very much for, you know, sitting with me and talking about college and getting the the focus back on supplements in this supplement podcast. We'll have a few more of these. I'm sure we'll do like omegas and go through the whole thing, probiotics totally. and any of the, the weird stuff out there. I, I'll kind of tease. We're hoping that January 1st, which is just around the corner, we're going to have a new format. We're going to try to do a little bit something different with the podcast. Um, since now we're established, we've got our 50 episodes in almost. So mm-hmm. we'll um, be able to like not have me ramble on at the beginning, but just have like a brief introduction, new music and a new kind of like setup for the whole thing. So uh, I hope you guys keep listening. So I guess that's it. So keep listening, keep learning and, and be well. <laughs>